I want to know who's sore right now. Who's sore? Who's sore? Are you feeling it like in your triceps? Are you feeling it in your like upper back? That's where I'm feeling it right now. You know, I was actually totally fine until I went out on a boat this week. I think it was Wednesday, the Schmazian boat. I got on. Everything was good. Then I'm like, I'm going to go tubing. And then, and then what I realized was I was kind of concerned, like, do I still have the strength? Am I still able to do this? I had the strength, but I didn't have the endurance, and I definitely didn't have the recovery that I used to have because now it's like I, I, I woke up the next day, and you know that first motion to get out of bed, you kind of lift your head off the pillow? Right? You don't think about that motion until you need to think about that motion. I thought about that motion when I started to lift it, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, and then I put it back. I thought I need to reassess how I get out of bed, and then I kind of rolled over. But I've been, I'm, I'm actually okay. I'm, it's kind of dramatic. But no, I am okay. I'm okay. I hope you're okay. I hope that you're not sore anymore. But I know for a lot of you, if you got on a boat and you told that boat driver, like, I bet you can't throw me off a tube, that they humbled you really quick. Did anybody get humbled this week? Anybody? Nobody? A couple people. That's right. Maybe you got humbled in games. Maybe you were uh, playing Steal the Bacon on that first night of Revival, and you thought, like, oh, it's totally fine. They don't look that strong, and then they start dragging you through the sand, okay? A lot of ways to go get humbled at Revival, and that's just how it tends to be in this world. God's kind of set it up that way. If you kind of overshoot your abilities, God has a way of humbling you. That's how the boat drivers at least work. If you ever tempt them or taunt them, like, you can't get me off, you can't get me off, like, they're on easy mode, right? They can play hard mode, too, and it's very easy for those boat drivers to throw you off the back of those tubes, and that's how it is in God's world, too. If you want to act like you've got it all together, and if you want to act like there's nothing that can phase you, God has a way of humbling people who are proud, and that's one of the main lessons of the book of Proverbs. When the father tells the son in the book of Proverbs, hey, you need to make sure you take my advice, take my counsel. One of the big areas that Solomon tells his son that he needs to take very, very important steps in his life is when it comes to pride and humility. And I know for us, that's a very important thing. As we're studying the book of Proverbs, it wouldn't be right for us to miss this key concept. What does God expect from us when it comes to pride and humility? So if you've got a Bible, let's open up to Proverbs chapter 16, and let's see where Solomon talks about this, where he says, look, there are a lot of people who are proud, but just know, the more proud that you are, you're setting yourself up for a big fall. And that's just how it works in God's world. You set yourself up. If you think that nothing can go wrong, if you think that you got it all together, if you think that you're better than other people, if you think that your riches somehow protect you from the hardships in God's world, if you think that your good relationships with people can never go away and you've got it all together, just know that that kind of pride in the book of Proverbs and elsewhere in the Bible, it oftentimes gets humbled. Because the reality is of the situation that every person will be humbled. That's the truth. God will make sure that every single person will get humbled, and he just has two ways of doing that. One way is for you to come to him and humble yourself, and then the Bible says he'll exalt you. The other way is to not humble yourself, to remain proud, and in the end, God will humble you. He'll take people who are up high, and he'll cast them down. We see a little bit of that here in Proverbs chapter 16. We're just going to look at two quick verses this morning with the time we have left. This is one that you probably should memorize. Proverbs 16, verse 18 says, pride goes before destruction. That's true on the inner tube. That's true in Hunger Games. That's true in, sorry, if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm talking about revival. Hunger Games, not the movie. We don't really care about the movie. It's, you know, we actually came up with that game when Hunger Games like first came out, and it was so exciting, and people were like, oh, it's a movie. 
Yeah, it'd be like calling up one of our, our games, like the Barbie game or the Oppenheimer game. Like, it was like culturally relevant when it happened. Yeah, I, I don't want to think about what either of those two games would be. Uh, Hunger Games makes a lot more sense for revival. Um, so pardon that. But uh, this kind of works out in God's world all the time. Pride goes before destruction. That happens if you think you got it all together and you think that your money is going to protect you. God has a way of making that money not helpful anymore. If you think that your relationships protect you from the hardships of this world, God just has a way of reversing it, right? There are people, guys and girls, who go up and think, man, that person likes me, and then they get humbled when they find out that person doesn't like me. We have a way of being humbled in this world, and God makes sure of it, which is why he wants our main attitude to not be proud, but to be humble, right? I know that's pretty obvious. You probably knew I was going to say that. Should you be proud or should you be humble, right? Well, you should be humble. Just like last week, we said, hey, it's important that we tell the truth. You're thinking, should, you know, it's Pastor John going to say we should tell the truth or we should be liars. You probably know the conclusion. But today, I want to look at some of the reasons in the book of Proverbs that we need to be humble. In particular, you, as a high school student in 2023 in Orange County, why you need to be more humble than you are, God's word has a lot to say about this. The first thing here in verse 18 says, pride goes before destruction. Okay, so if you are expecting pride to lead to success, God says that's actually not how it works. You might have some success, you might have temporary success, but a proud person in the end will experience some kind of destruction in a big sense or even in a little sense. It says next, a haughty spirit comes before a fall. Haughty is a word the Bible you know, uses a few times, and it describes a person who's proud, who looks down on other people. So haughty eyes sometimes is how it's called. Like uh, in Proverbs 6, it says, of the seven things that the Lord hates, the first one he mentions is haughty eyes. So the kind of judgmental looks that people give where they look down on other people and say, I'm better than them. Oh, they don't have what I have. I'm better than them. They don't have this relationship. I'm better than them. That kind of, you know, attitude and outlook on people. That's called haughtiness. And he says, haughtiness comes before a fall. Verse 19 says, it is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. The idea is, like, what group do you want to be associated with? Right? Most of us, if we're thinking logically, it'd be better for us to be with people who have a lot, and we can kind of ignore their pride. You're like, yeah, they're proud, but, you know, at least they're successful. He says it's better for you as a person right now in the 21st century, as a high schooler, to be of a lowly spirit with a group of people that are not seen as very culturally significant, not seen as wealthy, not seen as elite in any way. It'd be better for you to hang out with those couple friends at school who are Christians, who are outcasts. It'd be better for you to do that than for you to experience all the popularity, to experience all the, the money, to experience all the whatever status of being with the elite people if they're proud. That's hard for us to hear because most of us don't think that way. Most of us think, if only I was with the people who are popular. If only for these people, it was I was with the people who were rich. And again, most of you don't care about riches because you're, you know, generally pretty rich, right? But even that, that's kind of hard too. Sometimes you look at people who have more. You look at people whose parents have, you know, boats or vacation homes and think, man, I just want to be with them. I wish I was their friend. He says it's better for you to hang out with the family that doesn't have very much if you have a lowly spirit. It'd be better for you to be humble with less than for you to enjoy what the proud have. Why is that? Think about it. That's counterintuitive. 
That's not what we naturally would think. Why is that? God's word is pretty clear. Pride comes before destruction. And for you guys, I don't want anybody to walk into destruction. So there's two main ideas that we have today. Two main points that come from this verse. First of all, uh, verse 18 talks about pride and its consequences. So point number one, I want you to write this down. I want you to hate your pride and dread its consequences. Hate your pride and dread its consequences. There's something about our pride that we like. We hang on to it. There's a, there's a type of self-sufficiency that we think, you know, I want to be independent. I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be on my own. I don't need anybody's help, right? There's a kind of pride that grows out of those attitudes that can be destructive. Here's some other Proverbs for you to write down that talk about this. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble, there's wisdom. Right, we should probably define this, right? What, what do we mean by pride? Pride is this like overinflated view of yourself. Like if you think more of yourself than God thinks of you, you're a proud person, right? So if you think, man, I've got what I need. I've got the friendships I need. I've got the family I need. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I don't need anything, right? Um, and I'm not talking about contentment. I'm talking about this view of yourself that's like I've got it because I got it. I've got it because I'm good. I've done it because I've done this, right? That is pride, and it will start to manifest itself in a lot of ways. Right? You might have heard it in the testimony. Some people are too proud to think they need to actually repent of their sins and trust in Christ. They're proud because they've got their life the way that they want it. Right? And, and what I'm telling you is, from the book of Proverbs, on the authority of God's word, if you're proud, God will humble you. And my point is, it'd be better for you now to take a step down, right? get off your high horse, stop thinking you're in control of your life, Submit to God, humble yourself, and then he will exalt you. There's these basically two ways of living. Either you're going to be a proud person who's self-sufficient, who says, I don't need God, I'm fine on my own, I don't want to do what God wants me to do, or you take the opposite posture, which in Scripture is called humility. Right? Even the word humble in Hebrew means literally to bow down. It's the concept of being low versus being high. Even the word proud in Hebrew, the root, it leads to these words which means to look down. So it's like to be high or to be low. What are you going to be? The proud, they're high. They're lifted up. They look down on others. The low, they stoop low. They're willing to be with whoever. They're willing to love other people. They're willing to serve other people. And they don't look down on everybody else. That's the question for you today, right? Are you a proud person or are you a humble person? The answer is not found in whether you go to church or not. Because a lot of people who go to church are just as proud as some people who don't go to church. Because if you, what you do is you look down from the place that you're at on others, the Bible says, well, that's pride. And pride comes before disgrace. To think I would never commit those types of sins that those people do. Well, you just wait. Pride comes before disgrace. God's word said in the New Testament, if you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. Proverbs 18.12 says, before destruction, a man's heart is haughty. But humility comes before honor. Right? We all want honor, we all want praise, we all don't want disgrace and destruction. None of us do. Even if you're a non-Christian, even if you think everything I say here is stupid, like, you still want honor, you still want praise, you still want like, good things to happen to you. God's word says, you put humility first, then comes honor. You put pride first, then comes destruction. So, believe me or not, believe this or not, it will work out in your life. You can take it to the bank, and you'll see it happen. And you can walk away and not believe this, but my counsel for you is I want you just to believe what God's word says. I want you to see what it says. 
Proverbs 29, 23 says, one's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. It's this concept of being high or low, right? View yourself as lower than you do right now. God's word says elsewhere, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 11, the haughty looks of man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of man shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. And that's what I'm saying, right? You could have people who are rich, popular, famous, who never get humbled in this life, who everyone praises, right? A lot of the rich, famous celebrities in your life, you'll see it, will get humbled. And some of them will say, man, don't be proud, you'll get humbled. Others of them will never get humbled. Others of them, it's like they have no capacity for humility. And guess what's going to happen to them? Isaiah chapter 2. There is a day in which their pride will be brought low. If you live your life not on the path of life, if you don't accept what God's word says, if you don't submit to the gospel of Christ, well, then you will be brought low, even if it's never in this life. Because you, you understand, like, let's take a step back for a second. Let's think beyond these high school years. Let's think beyond even our lifetime, right? The majority of your existence will be after you die, right? Eternity is a lot longer than your life now. I know it's hard for us to see it, but it's helpful for us sometimes just to take a step back and think beyond high school, to think beyond our lifetime. The majority of your existence, like the, the vast majority, like almost all of it, will take place after you die. And you're going to be in one of two places, either enjoying God's new world or being punished in the place that God has prepared for people who don't repent, right? So even there, if you're a proud person, and you never submit to God, you're going to be humbled. We see that in the book of Daniel with King Nebuchadnezzar. He's like so proud. He's so good. But then like what does God do? Humbles him. That's why James 4 says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's important for you to identify ways in your life that you could be proud. Proverbs 8, 13 says, The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So he says, that's part of me fearing the Lord. So how do I know if I'm proud? Well, Here's some ways that you could maybe figure this out. Well, proud people want to seek recognition for everything they do. Proud people demand it. Proverbs 25, 27 says, it's not good to eat much honey, nor is it good to seek one's own glory. It's like a little bit of honey is good. You eat all honey all the time, too much sweets. It's like that's what it's like for a person who seeks glory for themselves, who promotes themselves, whose social media is all about themselves, who's trying to use all their platforms to sell themselves, whether it be for for their career or for their, you know, arts or for their, like, selling yourself and getting glory for yourself. It's like honey. Like, a little bit of it's okay, but like a lot of it, you're going to get sick and want to throw up. It's not good for you. Proverbs 27.2 says, let another mouth praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips, right? Uh, you know, you did something great. Okay, stop boasting about it. You know, if you're, if you're all that great, people are going to know. So you don't have to boast about it. Be better for you to be praised by other people than for you to say, hey, did you hear I did this thing? Hey, I did this thing. Hey, I did this thing. And, and sometimes you run into conversations, and we're just like immediately, me, 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 me. I did this, but I did this. Someone tells a story about their life. I'm like, well, I, well, I, well, I. Like, stop it. Like, let another praise you. It's a sign of humility. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. Right? Everyone wants to tell you about the good that they did. But, like, if someone's faithful and a good friend and loyal, like, that's a harder person to find. Proverbs 30, verse 32 says, If you've been foolish, exalting yourself, 
or if you've been devising evil, put a hand over your mouth. So he says, before you do an action, if you've been proud, just like, hold on, just take a break. Stop. Think for a second about what you're doing. There's a lot of things that we say that might sound humble, and here's a warning for you. Some of you might do things that look and appear humble, but are really just pride in disguise. Things like this, if you practice righteous activities just to be seen by other people, and it looks humble, right? If it's pride in disguise, then it's just as bad as an outward display of pride. Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men in order to be seen by them. For if you do that, you'll have no reward. Some prideful people say things like this, I'm, I'm just shy. I'm just shy. And sometimes, those of you who are saying, I'm just shy, some of you are the most proud people in the room. And you say, whoa, what are you talking about? Proverbs 18, verse 1 says about you, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. And he breaks out against all sound judgment. If you're a person who, like, has no friends, it might be, I'm not saying it has to be, but for some of us, it might be because you're so proud that nobody is good enough to be your friend. Nobody here in this room and nobody at your school is cool enough to be with you, so you're just a loner. And people look at you and say, oh, well, you're just shy. It's like, well, maybe it's you're actually you're just a proud person. Right? Sometimes that looks like humility, but it's not. It's, proud. it's pride. Some of us say stuff like this. I'm just a perfectionist, right? I'm just a, I just need to be perfect. Like, well, you're proud. That's what you are, right? You can just take that word perfectionist and swap it with pride, right? You're a perfectionist. That's why you get upset when things don't go your way. Oh, because you think that you're so good that everything you do that you spits out of your life is going to be perfect. Really? That's called pride. We say these things, but we don't realize sometimes it looks like humility. It's just pride in disguise. Others of you, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, maybe not perfectionists, but uh, people who, who say about yourself, I'm the worst person ever. I'm terrible. I'm horrible. I'm terrible. Maybe for you, that's just pride. How can that be pride? Well, that's pride in disguise. To be uh, self-flagellating, the kind of person who tries to punish yourself for doing bad. You understand that you are trying to take the place of God, and you're being proud. Why? Because you think and you assume that you're going to be perfect and you're going to do everything perfect? That's pride. It's pride in disguise. It doesn't look like it from the outside, but that's pride in disguise. That's why this is a tricky topic, right? Pride and humility, it's tricky because some of you look really humble, but you're actually really proud, right? If you look proud, you probably are. Like, it's kind of hard to hide pride. Some of us, um, our pride is hard to, to deny. But really, what I want you to do, point number two, last thing here, I want you to aspire to true and real humility and enjoy its blessing, right? So these two parts. I want you to hate your pride. If you find it, I want you to uproot it. And how do you do that? Well, we're gonna talk about that here in point two. Right? But I want you to aspire to real humility, not false humility, not hypocritical humility, not putting on a show for everyone humility, but real humility. Where does it start? It does not start with your external behavior. It does not start with your words. It does not start with what you do with your hands in worship. It doesn't start with that. It starts with your heart. Jesus could not have made that more clear. It starts with your heart. This year, we're going to start studying the Sermon on the Mount um, in a couple weeks. We've got two more weeks of Proverbs, and then we're going to study the Sermon on the Mount. And what the Sermon on the Mount is constantly driving at, Jesus is saying, you've got to perform these righteous deeds, not just externally, but from the heart. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What you need is not just a bunch of external good works. The Pharisees had that. What you need is a good heart that then flows out to all this. Where does this start? Well, I think it starts with what Philippians chapter 2 says, that Jesus was humble, 
and that you need to emulate his humility. You need to look to what he did, right? If you're, if you're on your high horse and you find pride in your life, what's the solution? Do you just say, hey, stop being proud? That might be a good start, right? Proverbs 30, 32 says just put your hand in your mouth. Just take a break. But how do you get that heart change? You get that heart change by considering what Jesus did. When you're looking at a group of people that you think, ah, they'll never, they'll never be good people. They'll never come to church. Okay, here's how you get off your high horse and be humble. You start thinking, what did Jesus do for me? Was, was I a good person when God saved me? Was, it, was I good? Is that why I'm accepted before God? No, it's because Jesus condescended and came down. He took on the form of a slave for you and for me. That's what Philippians 2 says. Consider what Jesus did. As we're talking about this, humility, by the way, and pride, it's not confident and unconfident. Some people will mistake that. They'll say, hey, confidence, that's just pride. Confidence can be pride. That might be true. But there's a kind of confidence that's actually humble. Here's what I mean. Proverbs 10, verse 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. So like if you've been doing the right thing, and you've been saying the right thing, and you have been truly loving people from your heart, guess what? You will become a confident person. Because you're walking in integrity. That's not a wrong kind of confidence. Here's what is the wrong kind of confidence. I'm a good person. I've done right. Here's another kind of wrong confidence. Right? I'm the best. These people are bad. I'm better than them. That's a fault. That's a bad kind of confidence. That kind of confidence is just pride. We see this in Daniel chapter 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Pastor Mike referenced this this week. But when they were called on to bow down to this idol, they refused to do it. And here's what they said. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Basically, I don't even need to tell you why we're going to bow down or not. I don't even need to answer you. If this be so, if you're going to kill us, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. That's really confident. Then he says, but if not, be it known to you, O king, we're not going to serve you or your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. Are those humble people or proud people? That's hard. Because on the surface, it's like, whoa, those are pretty confident, right? But what are they confident in? They're not confident that, like, hey, I could take seven of your guards. Come at me, Nebuchadnezzar. You can't. It's like, that's stupid, right? They're not confident like that. What are they confident in? They're confident in God. A humble person can be confident, but they need to be confident in God, not themselves. These guys didn't think, oh, it's three on seven. We could take those guys. That's not what they said. They said, God can take you. So I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and I'll be confident in that. Humble people will be honored by other people. You want to aspire for this? And I say enjoy its blessings, too. There's so much blessings that come along with humility. Proverbs 25, 6 says, don't put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it's better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of the noble. Right? The idea is like old-fashioned table. Like, where do you want to sit? The more honored people sat at the front. Right? He says, don't sit at the front because you can overshoot where you should sit. It'd be better for you to sit at the end of the table and for them to say, hey, move on up, move on up. Because that humility is attractive to other people. I don't know if you've thought about this, but think about the people in your life that you're like, man, those are like, I really like those people. Like, that, those are, that, that girl, she's just super nice. Right? That guy, he's just a good guy. Do you know what it usually is? you know what the defining characteristic of that person usually is? for you that makes you think that that person 
they really love me. They really care about me. Probably their defining characteristic is humility. If you think about it. Think about the three, four people in your life that you just, it's like, man, I'll come back to them. I'll keep talking to them. They're re- not, not because of something that they did or something they accomplished, not because of their money or whatever, but because, like, that's just a solid person right there. You know what it probably is? It's probably that they're more humble than the average person. Yeah, you, you want to make friends? You want to be a good Christian? Like, start with that. Just start with humility. Start with not pushing other people away. Start with, right, I mean, this, this kind of sounds offensive, but getting off our high horse and be willing to talk to whoever. Not just our three friends, but be willing to talk to anybody. That's the kind of humility that God wants. Proverbs 22.4, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and honor. God says this in Isaiah 57.15, for thus says the Holy One, who's high and lifted up and who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. God says, I dwell in high and holy places and also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. God says, those are the people that are attracted to me. Those are the people that I want to bless. Those are the people that I want to give my peace to, not the people that are proud. 1 Peter 5 5 says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Then he says, clothe yourselves, all of you, whether you're old or young, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. So guys, I want you to think, wherever pride shows up in your life, I want you to think, I I need to kill that pride. If it's in my church attendance, if it's in my religious activity, serving in church, kill that pride. If it's in your accomplishments with your sports, kill that pride. The only reason you're good at sports is not because you work harder than the next person. It's because God blessed you. Because he gave you the opportunity, he gave you the body, he gave you the ability, and he gave you the time, and he gave you the money, and the resources, and the parents. It's, you're not the greatest, right? And the higher you go up, especially in sports, the more you get humbled, right? Because you see that you're not the best around. It's just important for us to be humble. Academics, it's the same way. You might be the smartest person in your class, but you're probably not the smartest in the whole school. And I know that you're not the smartest in the county, and I know you're not the smartest for the college application. And, like, God just has a way of humbling us. And here's my point. Start with humility and God will exalt you. That's what Proverbs has to say, and very important for us on the path of life with the little time that we have today. Let me pray. God would help us be more humble after this. God, we're thankful that your word is so clear about this topic. I pray that for each and every one of us, we'd identify ways that we have been proud, that we've been looking down on others, or not being humble. I pray that for all of us, we would take this to heart. We know that your word is so clear that you oppose people who are proud, and that's not just true of people who are non-Christians. That's true of any Christian in the room who's proud. I know that you have a way of humbling us. I pray that today, right now, we would commit to humble ourselves under your mighty hand so that at the proper time you may exalt us. We know that this is key to the path of life, and we know that you want our, our best life. We know that you care about our life being what it needs to be. We know that your word always guides us into what's better for us, not what's worse for us. So we pray that all of us would take this to heart and enjoy your blessings as a result. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.